0: Hello, everybody! Welcome to the Word on the Hill.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I choked on that intro. Oh, come
0: on! That was funny. <laughs> that, that was awesome, but, but like it hurt me a little bit. It's all right. You'll get over it. I've, I have a little bruise now. You'll get over it. A bruise on my soul. You'll get over it.
1: This is the Lanky Guys. We are the we are the Lanky Guys. Let's get our we, and, and articles we, we have,
0: when we have a podcast. We we'd like do to, to introduce you to called the Word on the Hill
1: with the Lanky Guys. <laughs>
0: I am Scott Powell. And I am Father Peter Muzzin. And we're...
1: <laughs> we're we never know what to do after that line. And so I've listened to some old podcasts. R- really? And and, 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 and so I was like, and there we go. And, and we're here. And we're off. And
0: we're off to the races. That's horse racing. That was good. My whole goal for this podcast is, is to no, make you learn no. several things. Don't.
1: <laughs> Don't have time for that. <laughs> All right. What do you got today? You got any shout-outs?
0: Yeah, I got a couple of shout-outs. Um, uh, Sarah Reinhard oh, Sarah. wants to send a shout-out to Karna Swanson because uh, that's how uh, she ended up with us. Uh, oh, Karna. From the Archdiocese of Denver podcast. The
1: director of communications, right?
0: Yeah, for the Archdiocese.
1: Karna. They have a great podcast, too, don't they? They do.
0: They do. They are rocking. I One of my favorite podcasts of uh, from them was uh, Kevin Knight. And here,
1: oh, Kevin Knight's great. He's New Advent, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. The guy who uh, runs New Advent. And so we give a shout out to Kevin Knight just because he's awesome. He is and, awesome. And Greg Willits. and Greg Willets and, and Kevin, they start like going super duper geek on old school internet stuff, and <laughs> I was I was loving it. I'm sure you were. It was like super dope,
1: super dope, <laughs> super, super dope,
0: super dupe. And then I also have another one um, to. Um, I, I want to just give a general, uh, just a general shout out. And you can't do that. Can why, you? why not? I don't know. I want to give a shout out. Well, I'll give a particular and a general at the same time. Okay. This is a shout out to all the housewives who are at home listening to lanky guys and like doing laundry and like chilling out and just, um, you know, studying the scriptures and enjoying some time away from the kids as they're napping. Yeah. Um, and then I want to include Therese Chavez in that because ah, Chavez. she, uh, she, she, she just, I always love hearing wh- how people listen to us. Yeah, me too. And she listens to us while she does the laundry. Oh, that must be a lot of laundry. Cause we <laughs> talk for a long time. <laughs> I'm just saying. Dude, well, I, Same. you know how I used to do laundry in seminary? Is, I have no idea. Well, this is the thing is that there was some... no
1: seminarians did laundry. Oh, well, I mean, figured you all each have a personal assistant that follows you around. I know you have a French chef. That mm. hurt. That hurt. Oh, come on. I'm just kidding.
0: Dude, you're, you're like, you're like, you're stabbing at all of my no! brother. I'm, no. You just dissed every priest in the Archdiocese. I Denver. didn't
1: mean to. <laughs> hey,
0: you little seminarians. Everybody oh, got a personal assistant. I know it's not true. Named Jeeves. Jeeves. If you name a kid Jeeves, you're setting them up for the rest of their lives. Jeeves and Reginald. Those are the names Reginald. That, that me and my brother had when we used to play servant to my sister when we were kids. <laughs> that was my sister's favorite game.
1: I can see that. No, did I really insult everybody? No, you I did. was just joking. Yeah. You did have a, a fancy French chef when you were at the seminary, though. We did. He was he was pretty special. Yeah. Michael Degenhart. That's Degenhardt? a shout out. He was good. Yep. I ate there every week, once a week. Oh. Up. Uh, we also have a gift to give a shout out. Uh, so, oh man, so our friend Army, Army wanted to happy give birthday, a happy birthday, Army. But she wanted to give us a shout out, and people, you people out there. <laughs> I, we love giving shout-outs. Yes, you sir. You have to help us pronounce names. <laughs> but she wanted to give a shout-out to her cousin, Isaac Villanueva. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with Villanueva because I think that's like, how you pronounce
0: it. That sounds like new house.
1: New house, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, uh, new village. Casa is house. Oh.
0: Oh, so, okay.
1: New village um, in Manila in the Philippines who just passed his accounting board exam. Whoop, whoop. So congratulations to you, Isaac. Spectacular work. Dude, nice. And there you have it. Uh, you know, there you uh, go. that's
0: that's, a, that's a, all we can account for for the shout outs today. I
1: had another one that I was just going to do and I forget. I forgot who it was. Somebody important in this- our lives. This is an
0: undone shout out to the people who don't listen to us. <laughs> they can't tune in because they haven't tuned in and I promoted it all my classes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. I was at a baptismal class and yep. I was like I was like, so who here listens to um the Lanky guys? Did you really? I did. Because I was about <laughs> to give an explanation that we did on the podcast, and I uh, wanted to make sure that it wasn't like every, everybody. And so I was like, "So this is a shameless plug." The only person was um, David Savage, and he like raised his hand. Oh, David! David's and, great. And he uh, yeah, so a little shout out to him. And he loved puffy jackets because he brought that up at the beginning <laughs> of my. I've client. had a couple
1: of people bring up the puffy jackets to me. Puffy jackets are a big deal. And
0: guess what? I also They're found out a puffy new deal, new fashion um, tips for tell all me, of, oh fashion guru, dude, the new black is black and brown together black and brown are like you actually can do it now dude look at you what am i wearing right now? you're black and brown black. you got black shoes brown socks i'm doing it i wear black clerics and brown um you have no brown on th- that's my because hair. hair i took my sweater off
1: oh you had your sweater i did good for you
0: and it has little snowflakes on it i feel like i'm nordic
1: snowflakes have we given a shout out to ali savardra yet no oh we got to give a shout out to ali savardra ali uh works full-time for Campboy boy tiwa and her and keenan fitzpatrick and jay rock are all on a massive round-the-country road trip recruiting staff for our outdoor program. Sweet. But Allie, I realized I'd never given Allie a shout-out before, and she's been a faithful listener. She's a good friend. You know Allie. I know Allie. Anyway, shout-out to you, Allie. Uh, Here's to you on the road, wherever you are. Here is to you,
0: a little rap on a road. I hope that you don't turn into a toad because you'll get run over when you try to the other side. And I can't remember what I said, so I'm going to again stride. Okay, we, that's we, done, dude. They're hurting. Okay. They're hurting inside. No, they're I'm cool. sorry you guys, that was really they're painful not, for everybody. They loved every I'm second. I'm so of embarrassed. They love everything about it. I us. can't believe this. Whatever.
1: All right, let's get into it. Shall we? We'll beat around beaten around mm. the bush. Long enough. Dude. Beaten around or beat around? We have beaten around.
0: I don't know. I because uh, <laughs> to get the bird to come out, you have to beat at the bush. We have beaten bah! at the bush. But I, is it beaten? The
1: is beaten a word? I don't know. It's like gotten. I've gotten. Just Beat it
0: gotten Just is gotten the word
1: received is the problem I have received the emails all right so what are we doing we are in the 30th sunday of ordinary time and we have circ 35 12 14 16 18 psalm 34
0: and every time you introduce this um you have to go
1: psalm and then the
0: second reading. Wait,
1: we're not done. Psalm 34, 2 through 3, 7 through 18, 19, and 23. And
0: 7a. <laughs> Come on. Where's that? Dude, you have to be accurate here. There's we, no 7a. Yeah, there is. No, there's not. In my translation, there not is. Not in the USCCB website. Well, that's because. But on my. Oh, do you dude, go
1: against the Catholic bishops? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. Dude, you just got to lay me out like this. I'm I, sorry. I'm
1: using <laughs> a Canadian application. Um my iPad. We don't read in Canada. We don't need read Canadian. I don't even speak Canadian. That's
0: <laughs> because you're not Canadian. All oh, right. And then we have a second reading, which is Second Timothy, which is four six through eight, sixteen, eighteen. Which dude, I didn't read in between those two. Oh,
1: I will while you're talking. <laughs> Say something profound. And I'll okay. Read, I'll uh, read. Okay, and then lastly we have Luke chapter eighteen, verse nineteen through fourteen. And that's did. that.
0: And that is uh, uh, that, and that's uh, what we got going. Okay, <laughs> dude, I like I like Ben Sirach.
1: Ben Sirach or Ecclesiasticus. It's this is the one of the books in the Bible with the most names. It's called uh, a bunch of different things.
0: I know. We, I think we mentioned a little bit of this. Have uh, we? Po- a pacate. A pacate. A pacate. Picadical- <laughs> a picadical- a, picadical- a- uh, that was mentioned. Have we talked about Sirach? I don't know, Because when I
1: dug out my notes on Sirach this morning, it felt like I was reading them for the first time. I just
0: got a phone call from from somebody who's listening on a podcast. No, you didn't. Bring, bring. Yes, Father Peter, you have recited many things already about the name of Ecclesiasticus. Also known as Ben Oh, thank you for the phone call, dude. That was like a weird modification of space and time that I just experienced. Wow! Yeah.
1: Oh, that's when I should have been reading that. Piece. <laughs> I missed <just, laughs> my opportunity. You
0: did, because space and time it warped for <sighs> just a moment. Oh, God, it. So, so thank you, Soviet. Uh, thank un- you, unnamed generic color. British man. <laughs>
1: Genetic <laughs> British man. Generic. Oh. Genetic British man, <laughs> kinetic frenetic British man. Uh, I think that that's what this product had. Product cast is. I can't even talk. At all today. We've only had one cup of coffee so far. Yeah. Well, was,
0: I've had like six throughout the day. It was a really good cup of coffee, though. It was a solid cup of coffee. And then we had some sausage and peppers, sausage and rice. peppers
1: and rice, and it was really good. So this could be interactive. You could make the same thing. <laughs> and you could put it on pause. Go and make your sausage and and um, rice and. Which was a, It was
0: a combination of, of bratwurst and Italian sausage. Really? It was very good. Thank you.
1: This is quite good. We'll actually thank Thai. I do thank Thai. And thank God. I do thank God. Okay, ready? Go. <laughs> <laughs> so the book of Sirach was just... Yeah, well, if we've already talked about Sirach, I don't realize... Because I feel like all well, these things that I wanted to say about it, I don't remember ever saying Well, we'll start so, saying it, and then I'll correct you. All right, that sounds good. So Sirach <laughs> falls into what's called the wit- wisdom literature, right? Yes. Um. It is so. As far as dating, the dating actually kind of matters on Sirach. I I don't know the if we have an exact date on when Sirach was written, but it it goes in terms of the wisdom literature. So it write proverbs and uh, and wisdom of Solomon and all those. But Sirach appears to have been written um, post exile. So what does that mean? Now you're reading and not paying attention to me. What's that you say? What it's on the <laughs> other side of your uh- timeline. <laughs> I'm using so I'm going to, I, to tell you exactly where it is. Yeah. it's in the yellow section. It's in the yellow
0: section. I was looking at my great Bible adventure. I
1: think it's funny that I said I didn't know where it was, and I just gave you instructions on where to find it on <laughs> your timeline. You no, know, the uh, the, um, the father is actually using this thing called the 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 the, the uh, great adventure. Bible timeline. Yes, sir. Which is great because if you've heard of the Great Adventure series, it's the most mis- <laughs> mislabeled series I've ever heard. The Great American Bible line or the Great American like Bible the I Great American it's Bagel Company.
0: It's like uh, Bible study for Catholics.org or something?
1: Yeah, but the Great Adventure Bible Timeline is what it's called. But no one calls that they're like the Great Bible Adventure and the Great Gatsby Bible lines. <laughs> anyway, it's a great resource. Hold on, dude,
0: it's not in the yellow, it's in the like the orange, dude. Show me. Turn it around. Turn,
1: okay, it's in the so orange. Oh no, it's in the orange. Yeah, no, it's yeah, it's in the Maccabean Revolt period. Maccabean Revolt. It appears to have been before the Maccabean Revolt, though. Does it have? Does it? Does it show up before the Maccabean Revolt on um, that timeline? No. Like it would be just before. Yes. Okay. Be and, and the reason we think that is, it, it seems likely that the Maccabean Revolt would have been mentioned had it happened by uh. that time, because it is in that tradition. It's around that time. But what that means? What? Okay. So what does that mean to any of us? What it means? Oh, actually. Um, yeah,
0: we didn't we didn't talk about this before, so this
1: is good. What what I actually have in my notes from when i when I taught this in the past, it, it's somewhere between two hundred and nineteen and one hundred and ninety six BC, which so so we're about two hundred years before Christ when this is happening, right? And what that means is that we're we're dealing post exile. So this is the period after Jerusalem. So the civil war has happened. The northern tribes are gone now. The Jer- Jerusalem, the southern kingdom, has now been wiped out as well, and. The Babylonians took the South into exile. They they destroyed the temple in Jerusalem and everything else. And really what wisdom is trying to do, or what Sirach, rather, is trying to do is take the wisdom tradition and try to figure out what does it mean to live out the wisdom tradition post-exile, so without a temple, without Jerusalem, without a lot of the trappings of our former way of life. What does it mean to be in this kind of new paradigm of what it means to be Jewish uh, having been destroyed, having seen our people wiped out in a certain sense. And the thing that's kind of neat about, about Sirach is um, there's sort of a marriage. So the the idea of wisdom literature, what what Sirach does is identify wisdom with the Torah, right? And that's sort of the, the catch-all. Where do you find wisdom? Well, you find it in the Torah in the scriptures. But Sirach is unique because... And Proverbs did this too, but it's not strictly found in the Torah. And so wisdom is also revealed in creation. So not only is wisdom present in the Torah and in creation, but it's also revealed in Israel herself through salvation history, through the lives of the saints and the people that have sort of gone before. It's a full-bodied view of what wisdom actually means, which I think is great because it's setting us up. For Jesus Christ incarnate, when God will use creation and the word and the salvation history of his people, Israel, and sort of become incarnate among us. You're not listening to a word that I'm saying. What? The wisdom <laughs> of God and the oh word incarnate. Gosh. That would have blown your mind if you had heard everything I said. Dude, no, wait. I... I'm just kidding. I'm,
0: dude. Why did you gotta call me out in front of because everybody? Because it was so obvious. <laughs> because it was. You
1: didn't try to be subtle.
0: No, I was trying to no help. I'm just everything. I'm just making. That was going I want to make
1: the people laugh, and they laugh when we we make fun of each other. We know that much as far as the nature of <laughs> podcasts. If we mock each other and tear each other down, people laugh at it. Dude, haha! Welcome to the Christian st- tradition. Well, well, <laughs> thanks for sticking your finger
0: in my eye, dude. <laughs> oh,
1: it's okay. I'll get the
0: plank out of my own in a second.
1: Oh, you see that reference?
0: That was really nice.
1: Okay, so what what's going on? The section that we are... So does that make sense? Did you hear any of that?
0: It, it does, yes. Okay. The, the incarnation of wisdom and stuff. Sure. Post-exile, though. Post-exile. Which is a very important thing. Yes, wisdom um, literature.
1: That's what Sirach has unique... I, I also wonder, I mean, there's, there's a bigger history behind this that, that goes back to a Jewish canon that was composed in the 300s, but... I'm picturing myself as Martin Luther reading back in the book of Sirach, and I think there's a lot to dislike, because it does sort of—it's not just that God is revealed in the scriptures and in the Word, it's that he's revealed in other things as well, in creation and tradition and the story and the saints and all of these things. So if I'm Martin Luther looking back, there's a good reason I don't want to include this book in my canon, which he did not. Yes. Um, There's other more practical reasons as far as linguistics and a Jewish canon from the 300s AD, but— Again, for practical purposes, there's a lot in here that doesn't fit with protest with what we think of as Protestant sensibilities. That God is a little more full-bodied, and that His revelation to us, grace, is apparent everywhere. That's kind of the bottom line.
0: Which is, you know, I, I forget what Saint said it, but you know, it's like uh, the book of uh, the book of nature, yeah, and the book of Scripture. Yeah,
1: that God wrote two books. The first book, yeah, the book of creation, and the book of Scripture, and both translate each other. That's the other thing that we have to know about that. It's hard to understand the Bible fully unless you understand the created world around us, because that's the language the Bible speaks. Jesus says, "I'm the vine." That God is always a vineyard planter. There are trees. The Psalm one: that just man is like a tree planted by streams of living water of running water. Well, and it this, is, it.
0: yeah, and this is Paul. I mean, he's like uh, you know, Jews demand signs, Greeks demand wisdom. Yeah, or is that right? Is that uh, what a yes. Greeks, no, that's what it. Do Greeks that's demand?
1: It. Um, Jews demand signs Greeks demand Un- understanding wisdom I think it's
0: wisdom it's, uh, some, it's, it's, it's along those lines it's book of
1: it's uh, Corinthians this is First Corinthians
0: <clears throat> but w- which is which is also the thing where we get caught up in our worship between you yeah. know proclaimers of the word and those who are proclaimers of sacrifice and yes. so you know we, we had a great talk by Dr. Dennis McNamara the other day and he was yeah
1: Greeks seek wisdom for Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom First Corinthians one twenty two.
0: Yeah, which, which it's known from the things that are. I yeah. mean, that's what yeah, exactly. Paul, Paul's saying.
1: Exactly, exactly. Thank you. What were you going to say? We had a great talk.
0: Oh, it was just talking about the, the conjunction between um, the the word and sacrifice, nature and, and nature and
1: revelation. And
0: conjunction, junction. What's your function? function.
1: No, it's true, though. It's a very important thing, and it's it's something that we Catholics need to embrace. I mean, that's the, that was one of the things, man, when I came back to the church fully, when I first understood the church fully... The fact that, I mean, look at Mass. You don't just go to Mass and sit in a seat and listen to somebody speaking and sing some hymns. You go in, there's water, there's standing, there's sitting, there's oils, there's smells, there's music, there's everything. It's, it's full bodied. And that's, again, Sirach is, is preparing us for that. But the particular section that we're in in Sirach, um, around chapter 34, 35, we're in chapter 35, but it's a, sec- it's a section about um, liturgical piety. So how does all this, this whole idea, um, wisdom being found in the Torah, being found all around us, basically the idea of fear of the Lord is not an abstract feeling or an attitude. It's one of its important manifestations is in the liturgy Mm. and how we act and how we interact with the liturgy. And what Sirach 35 talks about, which is where we are, is how liturgical piety is not separated from social justice. Liturgical piety cannot be separated from social justice. Whoa,
0: man, you're already, you're coming at this, and this I'm is I'm coming
1: awesome. out of the gates. Woo, dog! <laughs> <laughs> Which again, that's setting us up for everything that Jesus is going to do in the Gospels when he preaches against the temple and the temple corruptions. I was just uh, teaching a little thing on First Corinthians this morning, and this whole. Remember that passage is in chapter eleven where, you know, you're you're gathering to celebrate the Eucharist and there are the poor among you and others of you are, are gorging on food and getting drunk and others are being left hungry, and you're not you're not judging correctly. You're not understanding the nature of the liturgy, of the sacrifice, of the Eucharist, if there are poor among you. It yeah. just doesn't actually work. Yeah. And there's a reason that people are getting sick among you and dying and it's it's not it's not working. So that's what Syriac is getting at. And so that that's where this passage sort of falls in, saying the Lord is a God of justice who knows no favorites. Though it's not uh, unduly partial toward the weak, he hears the cry of the oppressed. The Lord is not deaf to the will of the orphan or the widow when she when she pours out her complaint. That's what our gospel reading was doing last week, right? The widow pouring out her complaint. Um, I was surprised that this wasn't actually the reading that showed up last week for the first reading. Because yeah. Uh, but it, it's all tied together. Um, the one who serves God willingly is heard. His petition reaches the heavens. The prayer of the lowly pierces the clouds. Isn't that a great line? The 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 prayer of the lowly pierces the heavens. Mm. I love that. I love that line. Now we're not just talking about. Um, this is going to come into the other readings. We're not just talking about financially poor. We're talking about the poor in spirit, the humble. There's a, there's an idea of humbling oneself. And uh, that's going to come up in a little bit. Or being humbled. Or being humbled. Yeah, absolutely. Which
0: is, which is um, the preferred uh, the preferred option is option A. Option A. Yeah. Humble thyself in the sight of the Humble Lord. Humble
1: thyself in the sight of the Lord. And he, and he shall lift
0: shall you up. You. Thank you for that musical interlude. <laughs> absolutely. That was, dude. You're a soprano. Thanks, man. I didn't even know. No, that. I'm not, right? I'm not known well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you got anything else on C-R-? Um So it's a good setup. It's a, it's a perfect setup, and, and I, I mean, there's no way to really get into it except for seeing it in the light of the gospel.
1: That's true. And, okay. Uh,
0: and which, I mean, we end up in the Psalm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do.
0: Yeah. I, How I mean, did we get here? We. <laughs> By singing, we had a uh, a, oh, right. a singing interlude, a singing fest, and I mean the response are some the Lord hears the cry of the poor. I mean this is like um, it's slightly obvious. It is the connection. You know, the one who God serves God willingly is heard. Yeah. Um. By the way, serve God willingly, and then like, and then there's this movement of blessing the Lord.
1: Yeah, there is, but there. So there is the direct connection right there. That's true. But if you take the psalm in light of the wisdom literature that, that Sirach is coming from, yeah. right, you have this—so uh, some scholars have said that Psalm 34 actually um, is themed around the, what is the central question of all of wisdom literature. So Proverbs, Sirach, all this stuff, which is the question that Psalm 34 actually asks, who is the man who desires life that he may see good? Who is the man who desires who desires life? And this question, well, why would who would not desire life? Who doesn't desire life? Well, I mean the biblical tradition, I mean the Bible's pretty clear on that point. Remember Deuteronomy? It said, Before you is life and death. Choose life. But the temptation is always going to be for the people of God to choose death. Now we're not talking just Physical death. We're talking about spiritual death. Yes. And here, here's, here's where this kind of comes into Sirac. Remember, well, and that, I mean that, that that's the result of the fall. It's the result of the fall. I mean, is is the is the
0: death entered into the world, yeah. and that in fact it becomes an attractive option.
1: It becomes an attractive option. But when does it become an attractive attractive option? Well, I guess it often does. But so Sirac, if you remember Sirac, being the wisdom tradition that's placed post exile. And if you think about it from that light, what are they dealing with? They're dealing with a world that's been thrown upside down. Things are Mm. not—so put it this way. Picture Israel when they're freed from slavery in Egypt. Okay. They've just left their home. They've left all of their comforts, everything that they were used to, and they're being called to something greater than that. But it's going to be very difficult. So that's why it's in Deuteronomy— where the question comes up, are you going to choose life or are you going to choose death? Because death, which means slavery back in Egypt where you had nice comfy beds and food on the table every night and nice meat and you know savory foods, death actually looks pretty appealing in that light. Life yeah. looks like a big empty open road with dangers and unknowns and a bunch of battles that you're going to have to fight. So which are you going to choose? That's where Sirach's context is. You're in the middle of this unknown. You've lost your homeland. You're trying to rebuild. You're in the midst of this upheaval. What are you going to do? Where you're right in the middle now, and that's what the psalm is asking. And the Lord is going to hear the cry of the poor when we have been stripped down when we don't know what we're going to do and when we're really facing this decision on either side. It's going to be either hard or you can go back to what's comfortable. And that's what the psalmist, I think, asking us. Mm. And that's why the Lord hears the cry of the poor. And those who uh,
0: are crushed in spirit, he saves. Yeah. He's close to the brokenhearted. Exactly. And which is... Which, uh, the, the truly, the the, the people who I know who are brokenhearted, um, I mean, usually it's the ones who have not chosen life. Yeah, who they they've chosen death. They've actually they've moved in that direction, hmm. and 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 it because it, it and it breaks you because our heart is made for the Lord. they it's made made for God, and so yeah. uh, I think that the answer to this is directly in, in in our gospel. In
1: our gospel, yeah, good. I was hoping you were going there. Uh, we're 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 all going there. Oh yeah, we're, we're on a pilgrimage. Pilgrimage. A pilgrimage to Luke. <laughs> but we have to go and via uh, Second Timothy. And
0: so Timothy, show us the way. Let us stay at your house for a
1: minute. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Second Timothy, we've been in Second Timothy for a while. Yep. We've said a number of times that Second Timothy is is sort of Paul's last will and testament to his best friend. And we're at the point in Second Timothy now where he's he's really getting ready to call it a day on his life. (laughs) That's a weird way to put it.
0: Well, I I like it. I'm already being poured out like a libation. I think of the fourth cup. I think of I think of a Eucharistic sacrifice.
1: Yeah. Yes. That's true. Is it something
0: deeper? Is it something different? Well, it's something
1: further back. I mean, he's he's seeing himself as the drink offering in, in the temple. I mean, that's the language used. There was a specific offering where you would pour. It's the only offering, uh, aside from the grain offering, I suppose, although you can make an argument for that. It was one of the only offerings in the old temple system where um, something wasn't killed, where you would literally pour the choice wine over the altar as an offering back to God. There was also a grain offering, but you can make the case that you're killing the grain to do it. Um, it's an interesting, but that that's what actually leads us forward to Jesus's unbloody sacrifice that we that we we partake in every week, even though he did pour himself out like a libation and a bloody libation. But now it actually becomes wine. It's it's all. I don't exactly know where to go with that, but there's a lot of imagery that's kind of being evoked here. Yeah, but, I, I just remember when I was a seminary and I met this guy when I was doing like food deliveries
0: on, yeah. uh, in Houston at the Catholic Worker. I met this guy at about four in the morning and cracked open a forty and. Poured out some on the ground and said, this is for my dead homies.
1: Oh, you told me this story. I like that story a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, sometimes
1: things in the world lead you back into the liturgy. That's true. Usually. um, So Paul see it, but it, it's beautiful. I mean, so Paul's at, at the end of his life. Listen to what he said. I love this. I've already been poured out like a libation. So my life is like a living sacrifice that's being poured out in the new temple in mm. in the Eucharistic way. Um, the time of my departure is at hand. I have competed well. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. I mean, imagine if we could all say that at the end of our lives, to have the, uh, to have the consciousness to say yeah. that. So from now on, the crown of righteousness awaits me. What's the Lord's, the last judge will await, uh, will award me on that day, and not only to me, but th- those who have longed for his appearance. I looked up what, what's in the middle there, and it's... it's it, the church is right. <laughs> it um it's actually it's actually one of my favorite parts of the letter. It's it's there's nothing super profound, but it's Paul's personal greetings to people, but I love this section because it it shows how This is actually a letter from one man to another man. It says, it's where he says, do your best to come to me soon. Damus in love with the present world. He deserted me. Crescens has gone to Galatia. Titus is in in Dalmatia. Luke alone is with me. So, hey, get Mark and bring him with you for he's useful to me. Take a kiss I sent to Ephesus. Oh, and when you bring, when you come, bring the cloak that I forgot at Troas. Oh, and also my books that I left there and above (laughs) all the parchments. And I love that because you're like, wow, he's like, I forgot my coat at (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I really like it, that it's really, it's really cold out here. Yeah. <laughs> and I love this. Such a, it humanizes this. It shows this really is a guy. But I, I understand why the church jumped over that. <laughs> Yeah. But it comes back to this um, this kind of final word. And he says, at my first defense, no one appeared on my de- my behalf. What, what do you think he means by that? What's he referring to? Boo. I do not know. I think it's simply his imprisonment. When he was put on trial and he was imprisoned. Okay. So he's I, he's been in prison many times. He's in prison right now. Yeah, and He's saying, you know what? I've been pretty much solo. Timothy's with him most of the time, but nobody appeared on my behalf. Nobody did anything. Everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them. That, that by the way, that's a pretty profound line. Everyone sold me out, deserted me, and stabbed me in the back. But you know what? Don't hold it against them. I mean, if, if you've ever been sold out and stabbed in the back... To actually be able to say something like that yeah. is a pretty profound thing. That's a that's yeah. That, there's something deep. In He's that. also imitating Jesus Christ in a very profound way, yes. who was abandoned and sold out and said, "Do not, um, Father, forgive him. them, for they do not know what they do." Yeah. He's saying essentially the same thing. But he said, "The Lord stood by me and gave me strength, so that through me the proclamation might be complete and the Gentiles might hear it, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. What's he doing? He's actually putting himself in the position of the figure in Sirach. The Lord hears the cry of the poor from the psalm, the orphan, the widow, the, the downtrodden, the, the imprisoned. The one who's been totally abandoned. The one who's been totally abandoned. Paul is basically saying, look, that is actually me. He's giving his credentials. Solo. He's giving his credentials, but then he, yeah, the one who flies solo. But then he says, but the Lord stood by me and gave me strength. What's he saying? The Lord heard the cry of me when I was poor. Mm. So he's putting himself in the position of Sirach, of what's going on there, the abandoned. And then he's saying, and look, the psalm, like the psalm said, I've been answered. So he's embodying the first two readings, which is really cool. That was what I read when I yelped during lunch earlier.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was a good, that that was a good yelp. (laughs) Oh.
1: <laughs> a Good biblical yelp, yelp, so that's that's really neat, and it fits so well sometimes the second reading just it's the wild card, and you can't make it fit, yeah, I well, hear it fits perfectly
0: well, I was looking, and I was trying to understand it, and you you opened that up, thanks. Well, <laughs>
1: thanks, dude, Father Peter heard the cry of my
0: poverty. Ah. Right. Well, dude, this is the thing: is that uh, you sure better not exalt yourself.
1: Oh, sorry, did I? No, no, I was exalting you.
0: <laughs> good, um, because uh, one who um, exalts himself will be humbled, mm. and the one who humbles himself will be exalted. exalted. So, well, um, so th- that's why um, that's why I try to publicly humiliate myself in front of everybody that's on good. this podcast. <laughs> By singing and yeah. dancing, and you don't not dance, and not knowing any of the answers to your questions, you do. What are you talking about? I only
1: asked one question today so far.
0: I know it was a pretty good one. It was. It, it made me squirm.
1: Sorry, I hesitated in asking.
0: No, no. Well, this is the thing: is that those those people who were playing the the game where <laughs> they had to take a drink every time you answered your own question. Yeah, they, they be... they've been having a hard time, man.
1: I know it's because I'm so conscious of it now.
0: I know. I didn't mean to make you self-conscious.
1: No, no, they did. Oh, they? <laughs> I mean, when, when there's a drinking game about you, you do you have a think tendency about yourself?
0: To, yeah. Well,
1: All right, we should get to Luke.
0: We are, you know, we're there. For some reason, I yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna stop. <coughs> so, so the Lord addressed this parable to Excuse those who me. were convicted of their own righteousness and despised everyone else. Isn't which- that the best line? <laughs> <laughs> Well, dude, this is the thing is that this is the essence of vainglory. Mm. If you want to, um, so, so uh, vanity and pride, uh, St. Thomas mixes them together uh, in his summa and talks okay. about, about vainglory. And vainglory basically says th- that you're mad because you're better than everybody else, <laughs> but, but you're mad because you're less than God. Wow. Wow. And so, and essentially, vainglory puts you kind of, um, it, it puts you uh, in limbo. Wow. Be, because it's hard to relate to God, and it's hard to relate to anybody else, and so you yeah. become isolated. And so you see this guy who's up there, and and,
1: oh.
0: and 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 like he's kind of mad that he's not God, but he really wants to be in the place of God, and he's mad that he's and 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 he's like, yep, and I ain't that dude. Yeah. That guy totally so lame. Up that guy yeah I mean like dude he he like dogs mm-hmm. himself, which which I mean is a natural human tendency, yeah, I mean that's actually yeah, in, in the confessional, I'll tell you what, man, people people get going, and they're like, dude, I am so caught in judgment about everybody around me, Wow, and I'm like, oh, why is that? Is it because of this vanity, is it because of safety oh. what what is it? what are you trying to get from yeah making yourself better than other people,
1: yeah, wow, Baby, well, yeah, go ahead, no that that's good let's read on because I think there's, yeah, there's lots in here. So um, Fish on, he man. He hates everybody else. He despises everybody else. Two people went up to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee. The other was a tax collector. The Pharisee took up his position and he stood and he spoke this prayer to himself. He prayed to himself. Yeah, the RSV says he prayed to himself. We, we actually, Father Peter and I beforehand, we looked this up in the Greek. Um, and what the, the word that actually the the uh, preposition that actually shows up there is the word pros p r o s, which is a directional word. And actually, I didn't realize the n a b, which is what we're reading from at Mass, mm-hmm. actually translates it correctly because we were looking yeah. at it, it's kind of it's kind of danced around. He's literally praying to himself. The word the word pros in the Greek it means he toward who is he praying toward? Who is he praying to? He's praying to him, <laughs> which is it's just kind of fascinating. He doesn't it doesn't say he's praying to God. He's praying you know with the words god but he's praying to himself so he's like you and you mentioned the idea of setting yourself up as god he's making himself god yeah and here it's consistent he's praying to himself
0: yeah. it's it's kind of
1: fascinating which which I, I mean i'm trying to
0: understand what it would be like to pray to myself
1: oh scott please like don't be an idiot I you don't know.
0: know peter you need to really show up man <laughs> you know you need to be a lot better you are really, you know what I mean. You're not that guy, thanks well, be to God. But you know what? It, if you just, if you just did it better, is it, is it, is is it self-flagellation? Is it shame? Is it just pride? Well, no, I mean, it's, it's got to be pride.
1: It's not. Oh yeah, it's pride. But I mean, look at it, you. Actually, get his prayer to himself. He's basically oh, yeah. praying to himself, saying, "Man, I'm so glad I'm better than those guys."
0: Oh me. I thank you that I am not like the rest of humanity, greedy, dishonest, or adulterous, or even this tax collector.
1: Can you imagine that, by the way? You're standing right next to somebody at mass. You're like, oh, God. I'm, I mean, imagine the petitions, the petitions yeah, at mass that people. Because this like, is Hebrew out loud prayer, man. I'm thankful I'm not like Aunt Janice over there.
0: Who's <laughs> just a drunkard and <laughs> sleeps around and is really greedy and, and lies a lot. We pray,
1: to, we pray to the Lord. We pray to the Lord. <laughs> Lord, you're our prayer.
0: Dude, we used to do spontaneous <laughs> prayers, man. And so, Dude, you get nervous because sometimes, <laughs> man,
1: you're like, what's coming, man? Out of your own mouth or somebody else's? Somebody's mouth? else's. Oh, boy. So, so there's the text. You're praying to himself. Thankful he's not like the guys next to him. He says, I fast twice a week. I give tithes on my income. He's doing all the right stuff, right? But it says the tax collector stood off at a distance and he wouldn't even raise his eyes to heaven. But he beat his breast and he prayed, oh, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, the latter went home justified, not the former. Now here's, OK, for whoever exalts himself will be humbled and the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Again, take this all in the light. Oh, here you go. Take this. Um, here's, take I mean, I'm, this. Th- I'm thinking through this as I say it. But you have these two folks. They're both sinners, right? right? Clearly. So, which one of them is God? Uh, what's the question I want to ask? I was going to say which one of them is God more likely to hear the prayer of? But he hears them. Well, he's yeah, he hears both of them. But I mean, what of the what are the first readings said? I mean, here here's here's what I'm thinking. Okay. The tax collector is he's probably a sinner, but tax collector. I mean, not only is it pretty a frowned upon um, a frowned upon uh, uh, occupation. But it's not a good line of work. I mean, he's working for the Roman government, who is demanding worship of themselves. So there's a certain idolatry there. So that's breaking the First Commandment. Yeah, There is extortion of people. I mean, it, everyone knows that they take more than their amount. There, There is tons of extortion. He probably, I mean, I don't know this guy, but I'm assuming he's committed real actual sins of idolatry, of stealing, of corruption, of all sorts of stuff. But the point is, he gets that. And he sees his own sin, and he confesses it, and he stands before God, and he's heard. Now, take the Pharisee. Where else have we seen a Pharisee that has been humbled, that has been stripped down, and is now standing before God and having his prayer heard? We just saw it a second ago.
0: Um, 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 St. Sebastian. I'm
1: just kidding. St. Paul. St. <laughs> Paul in the second Absolutely. reading. Absolutely. He is this guy. He was the Pharisee who was super big on himself, who as he gives his his, his oh, resume yeah. in every letter, how great he was, how he was better than everybody else. And now look at him in the second reading. There he is stripped down, imprisoned alone, worse than everybody else, but yet he's forgiving everyone around him. He's not saying, "Look at these jerks around me. As he very well could, because everyone deserted him, he's saying, "I'm not holding any of that against them." He's the antithesis of this other Pharisee. There's two Pharisees in the readings here. Well, well, one is acting rightly. One is acting wrongly.
0: Which is interesting, because at a certain point in the in in Paul's letters, he does give his resume about oh, yeah. how he's Absolutely. how he is all these things and that he. I mean, he's like
1: he is, is. Yeah, but what's the context? Do you remember when he says it in Philippians? It's in Philippians three. Yeah. And he lays out his resume, right? Uh huh. Do you do you know what he does next? Doesn't he say that uh, I count all of this as worthless? Yes, it, I it, count it, it all it, as scuba. It's scuba. Poop, poopoo. poo-poo. Yeah. Ka-ka. So he's saying, here's my stuff, and it's real, it's genuine, but I count it all as refuse. I I reject. not I don't reject it, but I sacrifice it for the su- sake of the surpassing wealth of knowing Jesus Christ, right?
0: Which 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 he demonstrates what is the knowledge of Jesus Christ that he's been invited into and in Timothy we see it that it's abandonment and dis- yeah. discouragement exactly. and, all, and 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 the opportunity to f- profoundly forgive at a fundamental level yes and yep. and it's and it's in that it's in that poverty and mm-hmm. it's also in the in the reception of the of the of, of, of the of the grace of God yeah I mean it's it's not vanity.
1: Yes, exactly. That's it. So, I mean, the, the, neither of these guys are in a very great position, but they both are being called to do the same thing. The Pharisee's just being asked to humble himself and to not stand triumphantly praying to himself, but to just put his head down be humble, admit who he is, what he's done, just like the tax collector. They're both, it's not this fancy-pantsy, I have to you know, give away everything I own, and only then, if I'm poor like Mother Teresa, will God hear what I have to say. No, it's just we're all in this boat. We're all the poor. Yep. We just have to recognize it in ourselves and recognize where we need to confess these things and where our poverty actually is and be honest about it. Yep. That's all God's asking for. That's what these readings are all getting at because yep. we just have to be straight about that. <clears throat> <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> Let me clear my throat. Mm. Yeah. Mm.
0: Man, well, it, it makes me feel a little bit better about um, being humbled and mm. and like— Dude, I'm humbled by a lot of, of people and, and and the amazing and good graces that God pours out through them. Mm. And to rejoice in the graces that God pours out through other people um, uh, is is actually a really victorious and beautiful thing. Because yeah. you want God to pour out amazing graces through you. I mean, yeah. let's, let's be honest. I, yeah, I, want, yeah. I want people to be like, that Father Peter, he's amazing. I think yeah. that he's the best thing to slice bread. That's true. It's amazing. And then
1: (laughs) (laughs) you are amazing. Dude,
0: I I don't even know what that voice was. That was good. Um, But (laughs) but to go and to actually look and to rejoice in the graces that other people uh, that God is pouring out is like, dude, that is a a blessed vocation. And that is a blessed call that we all have.
1: It seems like a very specific call to a a pastor, though, specifically is not to be the great. I'm the pastor, but to actually build up. I mean, that's the role of a parent. I mean, I'm. Yeah, I want I hope I'm a saint. I would like to be the same, but I'm very concerned about my children being sane. I want my kids, I want Lillian and Samuel to do great, profound things.
0: Well, it's like our, when Archbishop Charles was here, Yeah, like he just raised up so many apostolates yes. and, and encouraged so many people. Well, everybody, thank you for turning in. Turning Humble- in? Turning in. Thanks for turning in. <laughs> Dude, I'm sorry. It's the sausage and peppers, I'm man. just humbling you. I humble myself in, in the sight of Scott Powell. Oh, don't
1: do that. That's I awkward. do. It's super awkward now.
0: Is it awkward? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, well.
1: <laughs> 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 all right. Send us your shout outs. Tell us how to pronounce your name. Please. And, uh, and um, I, dude, I have nothing, man. <laughs> Email us, Facebook us, Pinterest us. LinkedIn us.
0: Don't link, LinkedIn us. That we don't have LinkedIn. People it. do
1: keep trying to LinkedIn us.
0: I Dude, I, I refuse to link know. in. You do? Yeah, I do. not I don't, don't want to link up, dude. <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right, that's all we got. Um, we will be back next week with a brand new fresh out of the oven episode. Which is every, we do that every week. Wait, are you going to be out of here? Are you going to be gone next week? (gasps) What are we going to do? You're out of town. I'm out of town. You got to bring the recording equipment with you.
0: I got, uh, I come back Thursday afternoon. What day is it? What day is it right now? It's Wednesday. Oh, okay. We might be late then though. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out and so pray for our uh, technological savvy and our <laughs> generosity in concern in conjunction with your natural inquiries about the world and scripture and all of these things above god bless you good night so long farewell keep it real dog
1: yeah. goodbye <laughs> see you next week byron <laughs> just leave you guys get out hey that's a movie quote is it yeah but oh, it's, it's from Ferris Bueller's Day Off yeah, yeah. at the end of the credits. Yeah, That's yeah. the best. Okay, bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs> the Word on the Hill is a production of the Aquinas Institute for Catholic Thought here in beautiful Boulder, Colorado, www.thomascenter.org. You can also send us an email at lankyguys at See you next week.